Yeah, 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 we know medical care requires informed consent, but laws require informed consent, politics, entrepreneurship, how you engage in your diet, health, exercise, even relationships. These all require a place of being informed, and I am so sick of being called a conspiracy theorist for using my brain and being informed. So that's how this podcast came to life. This is Informed Consent. I'm your host, Brooke Bocci. Let's start talking. We have been conditioned to wreck our bodies. We are told that these standard procedures that happen, especially during prenatal care or during birth, postnatal, and even in the newborn stage is safe and effective. Jody Mesnick is one of my favorite holistic educational individuals, and she, sh- she shared something that really, truly stuck out to me. And she said, your baby's body was created to operate smoothly. Your body was created to take illness and become stronger from it. Your body was created to thrive, not just do okay. I think that's so much truth. And In this birth series, I I feel we're really diving into a lot of controversial subjects because of the fact that we are being told that our babies are not healthy and that we have to do certain things to make things better. And it just poses the question of how for so many years were we doing just fine with birth and newborns and babies? And now all of a sudden we either have to medicate them heavily or load them with antibiotics or induce them or, you know, cut a mother's stomach open to take them out through time. We're almost convinced that we are walking germs or we are walking unhealthy people that need treatment or need ointments or need medications to be better. I've said it before on the show, and I will say it again. God does not make mistakes. He does not create a baby and 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 have a baby join us earthside for them to just instantly come out so unhealthy. He never did for years, and now all of a sudden he is. I do believe that as time has evolved, we have gotten sicker. We're told the food in the store is safe. We're told our personal care products are safe. We're told the air fresheners and the fragrance-filled products that we're putting in our home is safe. We're told that these vaccines are safe. We're told our medications are safe. We're told that everything is safe. And yet we have so many unhealthy people. And I do believe that that may have a lot to do with why we're so driven to try to feel like everyone is not okay and that everyone is sick or you know we weren't designed to heal or designed to operate smoothly and so the need for these interventions or these medications are becoming more and more greater because we are unhealthier but that still doesn't diminish the fact of if you take care of yourself especially during pregnancy and in through life if you take care of your children's there is no need for all of these crazy, crazy things that happen. And I do, and I will always say that I believe there is a time and a place for medications. I do believe there is a time and a place for Western medicine, but I don't believe it should just be routine care. And I don't believe it's a one size fits all approach. And with that comes the subject in our next episode on our birth series of eye goop. IGOOP is given to newborns in case a mother has an STD. 
IGOOP is given to all newborns unless you deny it. And again, this poses such an interesting question because this fits in with the one size fits all approach. It shouldn't be given to every single baby. And we're going to talk about it, but this is given if the mother has an STD. Well, what happens if the mother doesn't have an STD? Well, in most cases, it's just given unless you deny it. And again, We're just doing these routine procedures or these routine medications and not even thinking of the implications that we have from them, which could be a lot. So in this episode, we are going to talk about iGoop following in through our birth series. But before we get into it, let's talk about one of my favorite fat burning collagens. Collagen is such a hot topic right now being talked about all over the social media world, influencers, and and good. Collagen is so important to you, but knowing the collagen that you're using and how it's extracted and how it's actually working with your body is so important. Collagen is a protein found in 25 to 30% of the whole body. It's present in our connected tissue, such as our skin, tendons, ligaments, gut, blood vessels, bones, and muscle tissue. It's one of the most common proteins in the body and And unfortunately, as we age, the natural making of collagen decreases, making it even more important to include it as a supplement in our daily routine. What if I told you that there was a collagen product on the market today that also helps to melt away your fat? I have found a product that not only has patented bioidentical and bioavailable collagen, which basically means it's identical to the human body. So not only do we fully absorb it, but we recognize it. So we actually can utilize it, but it also can burn fat. Trim not only includes the daily recommended collagen hyaluronic acid matrix collagen, but it includes CLA, which is conjugated linoleic acid. This helps to accelerate fat reduction, reduce fat cell line, reduce fat cell formation, improves your muscle tone, boosts your metabolism, helps you burn more calories and promotes lean body composition. I don't know about you guys, but summer is right around the corner and I am working on my beach body right now. And this product has helped dramatically me help burn those fat cells, but also work on that body composition. So if you are wanting to shred some extra fat this summer, while also supporting your body's natural collagen levels, you can try the trim. I personally love the chocolate. It tastes like brownie batter. It is so good. And you can actually try it for $10 off. It's super simple to order. Go to modere.com. That's M-O-D-E-R-E.com and search for trim collagen. Again, my favorite's the chocolate. It tastes like brownie batter, but there's so many other delicious flavors that are all vegan organic, natural, gluten-free, low, low, low sugars, no artificial sugars, no artificial sweeteners, all very, very good ingredients while also tasting delicious. So again, go to modir.com and search for trim collagen and at checkout use code 4842132 to save you $10 off your first order. So iGoop is short for Ethromycin opathomic. This is an ointment that is an antibiotic that kills a bacterial infection that causes blindness. 
babies are given this eye goop in hopes that if they were to have a bacterial infection that could cause them blindness, this is there to help with that. What exactly would babies be in danger of a bacterial infection that would blind them? Essentially, if the mom has an STD, more more specifically chlamydia or gonorrhea, this could cause the baby to get a bacterial infection that could cause blindness. Something that a lot of people ask is, well, if the mother doesn't have an STD, why do we give this to them? And I ask the same question. Well, David L. Hill, an MD, states that obstetricians test most women for these infections during their pregnancies and treat them if their tests come back positive. But mothers can still pick up those diseases after these tests come back. So to be safe, we treat everybody. So they're treating everybody, unless you deny it, for an STD that you probably don't have, and if you do have, can be treated beforehand. But let's talk about this eye goop to really see, is it harmless? Does it really make an effect? So this is an antibiotic, and it is used on newborns within a few hours after birth. A little bit of history about this. So in the 1800s, about 10% of babies that were born in Europe were developing bacterial infections within four days of delivery. This particular infection causes blindness in 3% of cases. So of 10% of the babies that were developing bacterial infections, 3% of those babies were getting blindness. Nearly 100 years later, Dr. Carl Creed figured out that these babies getting these infections were born to mothers who were positive for gonorrhea, and now we know chlamydia also causes bacterial eye infection. So two STDs, sexually transmitted diseases, or STIs, which they're referred to now as sexually transmitted infections. Antibiotics didn't exist back then, so Dr. Creed used silver nitrate in the eyes of all newborns in his care. After Creed's discovery and treatment plan, the cases dropped from 35 a year down to one a year. Silver was effective, but when antibiotics were discovered, they swapped to those and it became common practice in Europe and around the world to treat every newborn the same. There's really no particular reason as to why they swapped silver for antibiotics, but follow the money, my friends. What's the risk of antibiotics, especially antibiotics in a newborn that is just so fragile and just so, I don't even want to say weak, but just so new to this world. So Canada actually published a study in 2012 citing that gonorrhea is actually very resistant to antibiotics and 23% of the time they do nothing to prevent an eye infection. The eye ointment also has side effects such as stinging, burning, redness, and pain. How is your newborn supposed to let you know they're in pain? Ever wonder why your baby didn't open their eyes the first few days of life? Ever wonder why your baby cried the first few days of life for seemingly no reason? Hmm. Another thing of concern with antibiotics, in my opinion, and I, and I know many other people believe this, is that we have a huge problem with antibiotic resistance in this country because we overuse them. We overuse them in most cases from the day that they are born. An antibiotic is an antibiotic, whether it's in the eyes or somewhere else. 
And we are putting an antibiotic on a newborn baby the day they're born, within hours after they're born. Do you think it's beneficial in, a, in any way to treat an hour-old baby with antibiotics for a condition in which the mother was already screened for and negative for? We know that the eye ointment only works to prevent a certain infection caused by a certain STD. If we know mom is negative for those STDs, why are we treating baby for something they couldn't possibly be at risk for? And that's exactly what happens. If the mother tests negative, there is no risk. Now, yes, there was that one MD who stated that they they could test positive later. And a lot of that study is actually drawn from non-monogamous relationships or people that had other partners and could be getting these STIs or STDs from other places outside of after they got tested. But if mom is getting proper prenatal care, there is absolutely no reason we should treat every baby as a one size fits all with this medication. And not only this medication, but an antibiotic. In my opinion, (laughs) the best way to prevent a neonatal eye infection is to number one, get proper prenatal care. If you participate in high risk sexual behavior or don't participate in high risk sexual behavior especially when you are carrying a child. Sounds reasonable, right? Going a little bit deeper, the risk of a baby getting an eye infection in the United States is 0.0085%. The risk is so low that other countries such as Norway, Australia, Sweden, Denmark, and the UK have done away with the practice of IGU. But regardless... That doesn't mean that you'll just naturally be able to refuse them because, you know, we live in America and we are the most medicated country in the world. But let me repeat this one more time. The risk of a baby getting an eye infection in the United States is 0.0085%. But let's go ahead and treat every single newborn baby with an, an antibiotic. Over 30 states in the United States have laws that actually require to give this IGUB within hours of the mother of birth, regardless of the mother's STD status. So again, that's 30 states in the United States that have laws that require this. Do you really think that we live in a free country? What about the thought of a C-section? So the concern of the STD passing to the baby and the eye is through vaginal delivery. So you naturally would think that babies born via C-section would be exempt to this, right? Nope, you're wrong. Babies born via C-section are not exempt from this. In the state of New York and many other states, if you refuse this very outdated and in, in many people's arguments, completely unnecessary medication for your brand new newborn baby, the CPS will be called on you. Crazy, right? Most other states actually allow you to refuse, but with written consent. And and the written consent tends to say something like, you knew that your baby was being put at risk by refusing this life-saving medication, but you are still denying it. 
Life-saving. Okay. Interesting. Another, another thing to also consider is why are we just assuming these children have an infection? Most healthcare workers are smart enough to be able to spot an eye infection before it gets bad. And then you can just get an antibiotic for the baby in the rare circumstance that they do develop an infection. Prophylactic antibiotic usage is the entire reason we are dealing with drug-resistant bacteriums. We are just putting antibiotics or using antibiotics for everything. And because of that, we are becoming so resistant to antibiotics. And yet we are applying them and using them from birth. Again, and we wonder why we are so resistant. Follow the money. Something I find also very interesting is God designed the woman body to work so beautifully. And God designed women's nipples to actually get darker during pregnancy to serve as a bullseye for babies so that they can find their food source. Again, our bodies were designed to be perfect. And then you sit there and think that the system just ruins nature's design and God's design by automatically smearing chemicals and antibiotics in every baby's eyes, blurring their baby's vision. On top of that, if a baby has opioids in their system, if mom got an epidural and has eye goop in the eyes and then still manages to find the nipple to suck on and breastfeed, it's truly a miracle. And we wonder why so many women have such a problem with latching and with breastfeeding because we are making it so hard for babies to do such a beautiful, beautiful transition coming earthside and being able to eat in a different source. And again, God designed our bodies to work that way. You can do your own research on antibiotics and and the effects of this, but I just really feel that this, this episode is short and sweet because in my opinion, and I truly looking at statistics and looking at the data and looking at evidence, the only reason that you should ever even consider allowing the hospital to put antibiotic eye goop in your baby's eyes is if you have gonorrhea or chlamydia, period. And if you don't, you should be able to refuse it and not fit in this one size approach. But here we are over medicating, overusing antibiotics and wondering why we are so unhealthy. So I hope you got a lot out of this week's episode. I know it was short and sweet, but another just very important subject around the birth world that I truly believe needs more informed consent Thank you so much for tuning in week after week. If there's anything in specific that you want me to cover or you want me to talk about, please feel free to message me on Instagram. My handle is Brooke Bocci. That's spelled Brooke, B-A-C-C-I. And just shoot me a message and ask me what you want me to cover. I truly value your guys' feedback and value your guys' reactions and your reviews. And a review is always greatly appreciated if you haven't done so already. So thanks guys for tuning in and I will be back next week with another episode in our birth series.